0: Hello and welcome to London Coronavirus Podcast, the first and still the only podcast of its kind entirely dedicated to bringing positivity and well-meaning humour against the backdrop of these difficult days. On the pod today, we discussed running, had a global update from South Africa, words of wisdom from our resident psychotherapist, we talked about Boris Johnson, confessions, kindness, and so much more. Alongside me, as ever, for pod number... 22, ladies and gentlemen, is Mr James Ware. James, I ate some fruit, I went for a run, the spring's here. All things considered, not a bad April day in the capital, my friend.
1: Yeah, and it was a real smorgasbord of a show today, Dave. So, had a little bit of everything, much like these times are having, really. It feels like every day has a little bit of everything strange and standard in kind of equal measure as we all go. Battle on through this
0: together. And we are here every single day on London Coronavirus Podcast. Enjoy the pod. James, we're going to start today with the obvious place to start, really, the only place to start the fact that Boris Johnson, our Prime Minister, is in intensive care and has been since since yesterday, since last night. And there's no doubt, absolutely, it sent a shockwave through the UK, even if people perhaps didn't want to admit it. A world leader being in intensive care due to coronavirus is is clearly a huge story. And yeah, that's where we're at. I mean, thankfully today, James, it seems as though he's in a more stable position, although clearly patient confidentiality means that we don't know the full details. But um, I mean, were were you shocked, James, or in this world now where... Everything is so bizarre and surreal and and clearly this virus has no discrimination. You know, was it just something that was perhaps inevitable that someone as high profile globally was going to get this illness and, and be taken to hospital as a result of it? I think
1: we just declimatized here in London and across the UK to the surreality of the situation. I think we'd Mm. just about become used to it, Dave, and that was very much the kind of mood that we were feeling here at London Coronavirus Podcast Towers. And then when that news came up and kind of flashed up on people's news notifications, it just plunged us to whole new depths of the surreal... Like, Mm. it's really unbelievable, isn't it? And I think everyone has been reeling one way or another since we heard that. And it feels, again, just like we were speaking about weeks ago when this was all happening fast and we were all adapting to the situation. We said that it feels like we're working through every genre of Hollywood movie. Yeah. They're saying about this and the coverage of this on the news that is straight out of a prime disaster movie, like the prime minister is taken to hospital and all the cameras are outside the hospital. I mean, it is just a whole new level, isn't it? If we thought the past few weeks had been surreal, that really cranked it back in. And like you say, the official report's coming out that it's fairly stable. And I think that everybody... And we'd only want to add to that, we'll wish him the speediest recovery possible uh, uh, with the treatment that he's getting there.
0: Yeah, and James, I could absolutely um, obviously concur with that. And... One thing that's interesting is I think in pod one or pod two, we spoke about how every country was experiencing this in more or less the same way, but they were at a different stage of the journey, right? Everyone was reading the same book, but everyone was on a different chapter. But this is a little bit different for the UK because he, Boris Johnson is the first world leader to be admitted to hospital in this way, or certainly the most high profile world leader. So in that way, the UK's taken a little bit of a turn. And as you say, it came at a time when perhaps even though we are right in the eye of the storm, when I think people would look ahead at Spain and Italy now seeing a little bit of light and at least the cases in in England has kind of um, started to plateau so yeah it was at a point where at least people felt they knew exactly what was coming and I don't think anyone really saw this coming so yeah a a real curveball. Yeah completely the big question
1: everyone is asking now understandably Dave is who should be leading the country in the interim or if they have to take over full-time but I think people have got the wrong question. I think the question is not who, but where. Because speaking to you from Westminster this evening, this is a real, like, centre of coronavirus. At one point, it was top of the London charts on the spreading. So I think leading from here was always likely to lead to problems. And we've seen that in Westminster, particularly on Downing Street over the past few weeks. So I was looking for alternative locations and I've discovered the perfect place where I think whoever it's decided should be leading the country should be doing it from. It is the world's smallest island, which, believe it or not, is here in the UK. It's called Bishop Rock and it's off the Silly Islands. And it's got a Guinness World Record for world's smallest island. It's only 150 feet long by 52 feet wide. And it's got a lighthouse on it that was built in the 1850s. So I reckon whoever takes on the captain's armband for the rest of this crisis should be set up there with a nice Zoom laptop
0: connection and some (laughs) drone delivery food. What I would do, James, is I would put the Queen at the top of the lighthouse, and every evening she would just deliver her message via Zoom to the nation. So we know Queen would be safe, because presumably not many people, if any people, if anyone lives on this island. I don't know. You probably got the statistics. But I think we should just put the Queen there, and she delivers a nightly address from the top of the lighthouse, and then I would feel truly reassured. James, what I wanted to talk about today was about reaching out. Now, I know this is one of those very rare periods of time where reaching out beyond your kind of immediate social circle is fairly acceptable and it's a really nice thing to do, to be honest. I think I said in podcast one that I'll genuinely never forget the people that reached out to me during this period just Mm. just to check in, if nothing else. So there's definitely that. But from chatting to you and other friends and family... I've noticed that there's a bit of a theme of people reaching above and beyond their social circle, right? And I actually got a rather bizarre email. It was a very kind email, but a rather bizarre email the other day from a from a former colleague asking if I was okay. And um and I noticed and I thought that's quite odd that person asking me if I'm, if I'm okay, I can only remember speaking to that person maybe five times in my whole life, certainly not for six months or so. And I thought that's that's quite sweet if if nothing else. And then I noticed, James, that that individual had actually only viewed one of my Instagram stories recently. And I think if you're following this podcast, maybe you will have seen some of our Instagram stories uh, at London CV Podcast. And that Instagram story, if you recall, was the one where I was talking about the futility of having a shower. <laughs> now, let me just play that out, James, so so we can so we can recall. This is what I said wake up at 6.30am and have a shower at 7am because you've got to have some rules, James, otherwise it's just anarchy. (laughs) And I stood by the shower and I just thought, what's the point? What's the point in having a shower? What's the point? And then I caught myself saying that and I thought, that is super, that's a dangerous (laughs) path to go down. So that, now admittedly, James, in isolation... That does sound a little bit bleak, but I can assure you and my former colleague that I have showered every morning, would you believe, in the coronavirus era. Something that I'm particularly proud of. And James, I do know from talking off-pod to you that I haven't been the only recipient of emails going above, beyond, and perhaps slightly more sliding into inboxes around the country.
1: Yeah, first things first, Dave. I must congratulate you on your 100% record on showers. Thank you you very much. That needs if, if there's any room on your bathroom wall for, a certificate i'll get that in the mail once it has room for (laughs) non-essential deliveries maybe that counts i want to thank my mum and my dad (laughs) maybe that counts as an essential one just for morale purposes but yeah it does seem that we've reached a stage in this we're now over two weeks into our lockdown here in london and it does feel like we've reached a stage where people are becoming more prone to reaching out to random people they don't really know or don't know at all. I know this is a colleague of yours you've barely spoken to who was clearly concerned about your horror hygiene and what might (laughs) have prompted it. But I have one today from weeks ago. We did our dating episode, our dating special of the podcast. And I said that I've reached out to all these relationship coaches and my contact book made it look like I had some catastrophic relationship failure in my (laughs) life because suddenly those were all the names in my most recent contacts but we we got a fantastic coach on and then weirdly enough on sunday i got a message back from one of the coaches who hadn't responded at all to my request for something on the show she responded just saying hey james how are you doing during lockdown like completely ignoring my paragraph about coming on the (laughs) podcast and I hadn't got back to that till today and then like you were saying I was like you know what people reaching out with solidarity it's a really great thing about this right so I I, I really felt I should reply so I was just like yeah I'm doing well thank you how are you doing (laughs) and then she immediately responded this anonymous relationships coach By sending me a message saying, I'm very well, thanks. (laughs) I am discovering new talent, dot, dot, dot. And then a photo of a pancake with a smiley face made out of what looks like quite congealed jam. I mean, this must have been (laughs) bought from a dodgy jam dealer, I reckon. With the caption, first time making pancake. Which was sort of a weird combination, a signature combination of strangely uplifting and just outright bizarre. Like, I feel like I'm ready for anything after what we've all been through in the past few weeks. But random people messaging you their pancakes is a really, really high scorer on that chart. And then I realised today was Tuesday, it's coming up to Easter. I was like, well, maybe she lost track of time like we're all doing and she thinks it's shrove Tuesday today. (laughs) A lot going on there. Best not to overthink some of these things.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think it's, I think, James, a nice position to be in, a nice position to to kind of hold on to is that everyone's just being kind, right? But definitely it it is tricky to decipher some motives And and you do wonder at times exactly where these kind of left field messages are coming from. But you know what? This is uncharted territory. There's no rules anymore. I don't know what to believe when I receive some of the messages coming into my inboxes. So, yeah, that, that's uh, that's where we're at, James. And uh, long may it continue, because I like a rather peculiar email or or inbox message coming in. Yeah, out. it
1: feels the senders might be having more fun than the recipients, Dave. I feel like it's <laughs> an if you can't beat them, join them one. So, I think tomorrow <laughs> I, I, I might get scrolling through the darker reaches of my phone book and... Yeah, anyone from those who might be listening to this kind of covertly can expect a message
0: from me soon. Mm Next up on London Coronavirus Podcast, we have the section of the pod where we invite our listeners in to come into the confession booth and offload their sins. Fake names and fake locations on London Coronavirus Podcast are not just accepted, they are indeed encouraged. And as always, Windsor and Where do not judge. Today in the confession booth, we've got a second appearance actually from Fabian from Freiburg and I will let him take it away with his Coronavirus confession.
1: Hi, this is Fabian again from Freiburg. And yeah, I have to admit, I haven't been jogging really before this whole situation. But yeah, now I also don't jog.
0: Well, well there, well there we go, James. Great honesty, which is key criteria. In the confession booth, and there's a lot of people now, James, that are pretending that they they've been jogging for years, and they clearly haven't. And at least. Fabian was content enough to share with us that he didn't jog before coronavirus, he doesn't jog now, and he's probably not going to jog in the future. It's a very concise confession, that, from Fabian. I, I admire, <laughs> like, how much he managed to condense
1: his confession because there's a long... The Germans nail it. Yeah, German efficiency, Vorsprung Dirk Technik in the confession <laughs> booth there and allowing for the long queue outside, much like the supermarket. So, so appreciate that from him. Yeah, I feel like all the coverage about exercise during this has been all about people taking up new exercise, people getting into kind of weird fitness stream online crazes, and all of that's great, and I'm all for it. Like, I actually just did probably the weirdest fitness class I've ever done. I'd signed up to a new online fitness app and just got one in before we started recording to get the blood-pumping pre-pod, Dave. And it was straight from this New York fitness studio. And this man in a tank top opened with, hello, cool cats and kittens, which was like (laughs) a slightly jarring start, made me wonder if maybe I'd like clicked on Netflix by mistake. And then he proceeded to introduce his playlist in a very logical way. He was like, I've assembled this playlist with male singers who would all get it which certainly made it a thematic workout, if in a slightly different way to expected. So I, I think all of us have to confess to some weird workout habits. And you know what? I think no workout is probably a more normal one of those than expected. I would say though, like we said on the pod before, it does make a big difference to your mental f- state of mind, isn't it? At the moment, like being able to exercise a bit. So, I know we've got a little bit of a running focus on today's pod, but even if running isn't for people, there must be something for everyone. Like, I was re inspired by the workout that was doing the rounds online that, like, over 80 year olds can do, just sat down on a chair with, like, string. Like, that was magic. So, if even they can manage to do some kind of workout under these circumstances, I think we can. All find something. As much as I realise, we're not all suddenly going to become yogis over the next few weeks.
0: That might be one for Fabian James. Is that, explain that to me again. <laughs> over eighty-year-olds sat down with a piece of string. That sounds Fabian from Freiburg. His ears just pricked up, and he thought <laughs> that is the kind of sport I want to want to want to get involved in.
1: He's seeing this as a free personal training session, rather than a kind of specialist hobby. <laughs> So not everyone's fighting fitness during this enforced lockdown. In fact, I know lots of people who are kind of embracing the quarantine shred and seeing this as like the ultimate Mm -hmm. chance to get summer ready. I know that there are many others who have taken the opposite view. There's a popular meme (laughs) at the moment doing the rounds, which is like the gyms are closed for the next few months this summer personality finally wins which i think some people are definitely embracing as they go for the other kind of quarantine board but i know it's allowed loads of people to embrace doing fitness things they've sort of always wanted to but never quite had the opportunity to in a non-gym going way and that's where today's living the quarantine dream from clem is coming from
0: (laughs)
2: Today I was living the quarantine dream. I went running with my mum in the park for the first time. What a moment.
0: I mean, that is super sweet. That is super, super sweet, James, isn't it? I mean, and we know, you know, Clements, a guy of our age, and to go running with your mum for the first time, that's, that's kind of lovely, right?
1: Yeah, I think that one when I heard it, really kind of raised me this afternoon because we were speaking the other day, Dave, and I think it's something we're all struggling with and working with, is trying to find the enjoyment in some of the things that are happening right now and the situations we're all in. And, like, hearing Clem say that really got that across to me. I was like, wow, that's, like, a really beautiful, special thing to have come out of this, but probably never would have happened without a situation like this. And I think we all have had little tastes of that one way or another. And like the more that we can just focus on those things, the easier it is for us to stay positive the longer that that this continues. So that certainly raised my day and I I hope everyone at home too. But Clem isn't the only one who's embracing an exercise quarantine dream right now. It's happening on small scales and it's also happening on huge scales. There was this crazy story for anyone who's missed it today that Dana White, who's the head of the UFC, the ultimate fighting championship that Conor McGregor, among many others, has come out of, has said that he's going to continue to host fights on a private island. He's apparently sorted this private island. He's going to fly all the fighters in and health check them so that he knows that they're all safe and like up the health and safety like that. And he's going to continue to host these UFC events. And amazingly, he's not alone in this. Apparently, there was a similar plan proposed by Australia's National Rugby League And they're planning on hosting the entire season on an island 40 kilometres off the coast of Queensland. So it seems that our politics plan... To take that to a private island might not be the only quarantine solution. So, Dave, what else would you like to see hosted on private islands in
0: the interim? Uh, there's an awful lot on Instagram that I think could be shuffled in there and are not not projected onto the world. Is that slightly <laughs> negative? Probably. Uh, I, listen, I'm all in favour of putting sporting events on as soon as possible, clearly, because that's kind of my career. But also, I do believe that the world needs sport to continue. Um I think it's it's a problem, which is kind of one of those solutions, James, which when you read it and you read the headline, you read the first two lines, you think, yeah, yeah, that makes loads of sense. But then if you read about 5,000 words underneath it of someone reasoning why that shouldn't be the case, that would also make an awful lot of sense, right? <laughs> so I think it's kind of a top layer solution, whereas I think if you scratch it slightly, you'll find an absolute mess of a logistical and legal nightmare. So I hope it happens, but I can't see it.
1: Yeah, we're continuing to work through the movie genres still. We've got the disaster movie that we're living here in the UK at the moment. That was at the top of the show. And then now, I'm sorry, but like this kind of eccentric multi-millionaire renting a private island so that he can host a fighting competition i feel like whoever's writing the script for the world in 2020 needs to be sacked and they need to hire someone with a bit more imagination because this has all been done before
0: you know what? I was actually on a WhatsApp uh, message with two other people, James, and I hadn't spoken to them since the start of the year. And something I posted in early January was literally twenty twenty is going to be the year, guys. Best one yet. It's going to be massive. And then the emoji of just fire. And uh, when I look, I mean, that has aged. That has aged particularly uh, badly. But uh, yeah, I mean, who who is to know, James? And you know what? I've still got a little bit of hope for twenty twenty. I think uh, I think we're going to end the year on a high.
1: Yeah, I don't think 2020 should become like this swear word either, Dave. I saw it in wearing 2020-shaped goggles. I'm not sure whether those would attract a higher or lower (laughs) price on eBay right now. And I also bought these lucky underwear because I was celebrating it in Peru. And they all wear yellow for midnight. And it's lucky. And I wanted as much yellow as I could get. So I brought these... Yellow lucky underwear that weren't just yellow. They had like 777 seven, seven on them as a lucky number and like money because that's meant to attract money into your ear. Anyway, there I was in my yellow underwear. I chose to wear white trousers, which they showed through quite aggressively, which probably wasn't nice. the best look. And I was feeling so lucky in my 2020 sunglasses and the yellow underwear. And then we, uh, about four minutes past midnight, I reached for my pocket and was like, oh, you got my phone? And realised I'd been pickpocketing. Maybe that was a oh. sign of things to come I should have publicised this omen that even my lucky pants weren't going to protect us at the beginning of 2020. I could have been like a 2020 Calvin Klein underwear oracle. Corolla.
0: Next up on the pod, we've got our relatively new feature, Pandemic Purchase. The opportunity for listeners to tell us what they bought, what they've purchased during these strange times that perhaps they wouldn't have done so in a pre-coronavirus world. And I've also got to say, James, that uh, hot off the press this, we might have a potential jingle for this too. My man Jez is working away uh, in the small hours tonight. I think he said he'd rustle something up. So who knows, we might have something for the future there. But today's Pandemic Purchase comes from my very own little sister.
2: Hey everyone uh, this is Sarah down in Brighton. My pandemic purchase is I recently spent a fair amount of money, triple figures, on gym wear. I joined a gym about a year ago, I've really really got into it so I thought you know I've got a bit of extra cash let's like, up my wardrobe, up my wardrobe again and then I realised I've absolutely no idea when I can go to the gym again, not a single clue. And the ironic thing is as well, they were a size too small.
0: Didn't see the didn't see the punchline coming there, did you?
1: <laughs> Real plot twist, yeah. It's not a good time to have to return anything to the shop, is it? <laughs> no, if, no, no. if you bought anything just before this all kicked off, then you've cornered yourself in fact my brother like bought something that he was like, oh, maybe you'll want this. If not, I'll return it. And now that's just a compulsory purchase, right? So so I sympathize with that one. But I feel like far from this workout gear going to waste because you can't go to the gym. That is a uniform right now. I mean, if you're anything like Mm. me, it's pajamas, workout gear and back again, maybe on date night like put on some proper clothes, (laughs) but that's about the extent of my fashion rotor right now. So I think if anything, yes, sure, you're showing them off to less people, but in terms of gym wear value, they've got to be paying for themselves, even a size too small. (laughs) And I ended up today, I had a kind of pandemic purchase of my own, Dave. But on another fitness app that i have been trialing, which was pretty naff, to be honest, but they did have this great recipe for a chocolate orange protein shake, which I wrote right. down before I unsubscribed from the free trial, naturally. And I needed some protein powder for it. And the Holland and Barrett near me is still open, an essential shop, okay. it turns out. Mm-hmm. So on my one shopping trip today, I dropped in there. And honestly, I have never had a shopping experience like it. It was a VVIP pandemic purchase that's like a v v i p p p it sounds like a serious abbreviation that but they're only allowing two customers into this shop at a time and it's a pretty sizable shop and the two mm. customers in there seem to have decided to take advantage of being able to roam the space over like taking conference <laughs> calls in the back but when i finally got my opportunity to go in I go in and I'm greeted by security with a couple of squeezes of hand sanitizer upon entering oh. the shop. It really was like how I imagine celebrity shop when you go in in the evening. The shop's only open view. You're given a glass of champagne. I was given a great vintage <laughs> hand sanitizer. Lovely aromas on that. Great moisturizing action you, too. So who's who's to say that even under the current conditions you can't. Make your pandemic purchases in style. That's something I've learned today.
0: You know what, James, as well? I was thinking this as I was walking around the supermarket yesterday. There's definitely... We've touched on this slightly before, and I'm sure it will become an increasing theme as we get through the worst of this and start to see the world after coronavirus, because there will be a world after coronavirus. And... I wonder, James, if a lot of things are going to be a bit better. Like, is it okay to cram shops full of people? It can be quite an unpleasant experience shopping for anything, right? Like, so the idea that maybe shops are going to be limited for, I don't know, three months, six months, a year, of how many people they can they can kind of stack in there. And perhaps every time you walk in a supermarket or a restaurant or a bar, right at the door entrance, there will be some hand sanitizer. Is that a bad thing going forward? A cleaner, more hygienic world? I don't know. I think... Um, if some of these things stick, and it'll be easy to make them stick in the months to come, a lot more difficult to make them stick in the years to come. But um, I-, I think there could be some real good when we come out the other side of this. It's also allowed
1: us Brits to raise our queuing game, yeah. which Shut I off. thought was something we couldn't really do. But yesterday, I ended up in MS 10 minutes before closing time. So you not only have the socially distanced queuing at two, uh, two metre intervals... But you also know that some of those people might not get in if it doesn't move fast enough. It was a real queue with tension, that like and game show.
0: (laughs) Now, whilst London Coronavirus Podcast is, of course, a pod that seeks to find the lighter side in this whole horrible situation... We do, of course, address as well the key issues and the important issues. And there's no more important issues at the moment than mental health with everyone locked up inside. So we have our resident London coronavirus podcast psychotherapist back again, Camilla Simpson, to discuss how important exercise and movement is in terms of our mental health. My name is
3: Camilla Simpson. And I'm a psychotherapist specialising in the treatment of addiction and mental health disorders. Who cares about exercise? Don't we just want to get through lockdown? And anyway, we're not supposed to go outside and we can't go to the gym. So what's the point? The point is, is that our bodies are designed in order to move. And we can see evidence of that in the way that it's structured. Legs to stand, arms to lift and hundreds of joints to aid mobility. Every time we sit hunched over a desk or computer, our chest cavity shrinks, meaning that our lungs have less space to expand into every time we breathe. And we want our lungs to be working superbly right now. Staying sedentary is a problem because it temporarily limits the amount of oxygen getting into our blood. Our brains require a constant flow of oxygen and blood, and without them, our brain activity slows and our concentration dips. Not ideal for a time where we need to keep our eyes on the ball. The solutions are simple and intuitive. Aim to move around even whilst sitting. Set a reminder to get up every 30 minutes. You don't have to love or even engage with Joe Wicks to reap the benefits of movement. Simply standing up and stretching are good enough. Walking, if you can, is superb. In fact, any movement benefits the brain in several ways. You'll have better mood, better memory, better attention. Movement increases neurotransmitters like serotonin and adrenaline, and these feel really good when it happens. Moreover, movement increases our attention span by two hours. So this means every time you move or go for a single walk, it increases your capacity to cope with boring lockdown life but you probably know most of this. What I'm concerned with is the effect of a sedentary nation on mental health. Inevitably, people are feeling more depressed than usual these days, and it's this which is harder to shake than a few pounds. So, take advantage of the sun whilst you can. Get up, move around, and do yourself and everyone else a favour. And remember, stay safe, stay connected, and I'll see you on the other side.
0: As always, James, some really genuinely, not just very good advice, but actionable stuff. You know, you can listen to that and you can can action some of what Camilla said. I thought it was really interesting how she said, you know all this. And of course we do, intuitively, we do know this, don't we? I mean, what she said about if you, after movement, you know, you can get up to two hours more in terms of your attention span. And everyone knows that, you know, everyone knows that if you're sat down concentrating on something and you find your attention uh, focus, kind of losing focus, and you go out and you go for a walk, you get some fresh air, you do a workout, whatever, and you come back to it, everyone knows that they feel sharper. And I guess it's just putting that knowledge, like internalizing that knowledge and putting it into practice, right?
1: It's so easy to know that and then... End up sat in front of your laptop for hours and hours. Like I find it so easy to do that every day at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then even a brief bit of movement, even like going to the kitchen to get a glass of water, just makes such a difference to like your energy and your concentration. And I think in terms of a feel-good factor, that endorphins are definitely my drug of choice during lockdown. Like there's nothing that really makes you feel better than. Just a, a little burst of O's from doing a bit of exercise, even if it's as light as a walk. So something we can all try and incorporate
0: more into our routines, there for sure. And as always, if anyone wants to speak to Camilla directly, do go through myself or James, and we will put you in contact because she is always happy to chat. London. up on the pod we've got a global update the section of the podcast where we cast our net across the globe and we see just how everyone is getting on around the planet and today it's south africa james and my friend bobby who has only just moved to south africa actually as she will explain and i know that south africa and this has been in the british media quite a bit they're in a really really total lockdown so i'm gonna let bobby explain from south africa with our global update
2: Hey from Johannesburg, I believe it's day 13 of lockdown but to be honest with you I am losing track Uh, here in South Africa as it's been widely reported we have one of the strictest lockdowns in the world so that's uh, 21 days, no daily outdoor exercise, no walking dogs. And my least favourite, which is a complete ban on purchasing any additional alcohol. So absolutely wine rationing has become a, a thing out here. Um, you are allowed out for other groceries and and medicines, but if you haven't got a car, that's quite difficult because they don't really want you walking the streets. So you tend to have to rely on neighbours or, or friends close by who can maybe either pick groceries up for you or you can hitch a ride with and this is kind of all being policed by the army and the police who are who will kind of have quite a strong presence on the streets. Luckily I was able to move into a new apartment on the day of the lockdown so I spent the majority of my time kind of sorting my space out and kind of getting the house together but it's definitely uncertain times and there are rumours um, of a possible extension on the lockdown which would be uh, pretty awful um, but hopefully if that does happen they do let us out at least to restock our wine supplies um, overall I've been kind of really heartened by the sense of community Community, particularly in my complex um, I've only recently moved to uh, South Africa but everyone's been great super wel- welcoming and you know trying to keep each other entertained with you know videos and pictures and just making the experience just more bearable for everyone everyone um and yeah look as we know south africa's a really resilient population so i'm sure we'll get through this um as as will the rest of the world
0: yeah some nice words there from bobby and in- Oh, it's great, James, that however extensive the lockdown is in whatever country, people just find a way to extract positives from the situation, right? And Bobby might not have a wine, but at least she's in a new place, and that's really nice. I mean, moving to South Africa, that's a big leap. Bobby is a Londoner, and uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. it's really nice that our community's chipped in, and, and everyone can, can hope he still see the bright side.
1: Yeah, it also is one of those. Hearing about the rules of their lockdown out there, I've got a friend who's also, weirdly enough, just moved to Joe Berg as well. And it is one of those where you see very directly the wisdom in remember that somebody always has it worse off than Mm. you, right? Even just in terms of the lockdown rules, let alone the people who have it a hell of a lot worse off than us right now. But even just in terms of the relative lockdowns around the world, that's certainly going to really make me appreciate being able to go for my run tomorrow doubly knowing that there are places like we keep hearing where that's not even a possibility where you can't buy top-ups of supplies that here you could get easily so as tricky as it is a really concrete reminder that you know we could have it worse even just in terms of our lockdown situation We've raced towards that part of the show where we begin to wrap things up with the warmer that is Coronavirus Kindness. And today's is a running special of Coronavirus Kindness, which is an Instagram movement called Run for Heroes, which I happened to stumble across quite early on when they'd started a couple of weeks ago. And it's grown like crazy. It's a really simple idea, this. It's brilliant. You run 5k, always maintaining social distancing. You donate £5, which goes to the NHS charities, and then you nominate five people to do the same. And with that simple viral formula, they've already managed to raise a phenomenal 94,000 thousand pounds with the way that this has spread so an incredible fundraising effort that's also getting people exercising and connecting them with their friends, if you want to get involved with that you can find their page on Instagram at (laughs) run.for.heal
0: every london coronavirus podcast with a quote something to take you into the next 24 hours so today it's more of a joke than a quote really james from frankie boyle and uh, still on the theme of running frankie boyle the comedian said this in the park someone had tried to cheer people up by writing in chalk you got this on the ground literally the last thing you want to hear in a pandemic."